the top stars from Hollywood and from all over the world to entertain you on a giant screen with a few colorful motion pictures you've been hearing about and reading it's about. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. We're delighted to have you with us. They're driving theater. You'll find something to please you to add to your evening's enjoyment. It's pleased to bring you our feature presentation. Station. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in. You are tuned in to the Drive-In Speaker Box. It is Monday night, 8 o'clock Central Standard Time. What is, what is today? June 17th? The 17th. 2023? July 17th. Why right on. Welcome, welcome. I'm your host, Bo, the Boom Operator. I'm Slick Doggy the Grip. And we're going to be talking to you about movies for the next hour, because that's what we do. We're going to, we're if, if you if the, if you read the title, we're going to be reviewing Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. We're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about um, the, the, the strikes going on in Hollywood right now. We're going to be talking about what happened the past week in the news. We're going to talk about all sorts of fun stuff so um if you are tuned into the podcast wherever it is you get your podcasts uh you can always join in live on our live stream on facebook twitch or youtube we really love twitch it's a lot of fun we do a pre-show um for all of our twitch viewers you can jump in there um and we love chatting with you being a part of the action or if you just don't want to look at us or read or be a part of it you can just listen while you're in the kitchen just call out to your smart speaker say hey what Whatever, play the drive-in speaker box podcast and it'll do it it'll find it for you know whatever whatever you're subscribed to and uh it, it's cool science is, is neat um yeah did you see anything other than mission impossible this weekend no why would i mean that's it's mission impossible it's the only thing you need to see i'm gonna start the show again with uh, if you if you listen last week, we still had some crisp, cold, delicious uh, Cayman Jack margarita ready to drink here. Um, for those of you that aren't diabetic and uh, really need that that um, just collective uh, high fructose corn syrup sugar bomb in your life, reach for Cayman Jack. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are you sipping on over there? Uh, just some sweet tea. Just some sweet tea. Yeah, that can says <laughs> it's a big tea. It's peach. It's peach sweet tea. But it also says oh, hard, oops, really oops, big on oops. it. So uh, just checking. But anyway, uh, I didn't know it said it on both sides. It did. It's it's yeah. Everywhere you look, it's hard. And <laughs> there was uh, a license plate I saw earlier. It said "Got wine." I'm like, that's a great way to get pulled over. <laughs> yeah, not me, officer. <laughs> um, but not me, officer. <laughs> uh, Vince over on Twitch just threw a link down at our Discord. You can join our Discord all throughout the week. We talk about all kinds of movies. We drop trailers. We you know have discussions. Um, we we force our Twitch mod to watch movies that he's never seen. And yeah fun thing. That's something we were talking about in the Discord, huh? Oh, it was. It was. But all of the Patrick Swayze movies that he's refused to watch. Because he's just he's just wrong. Um, but anyway, let's let's talk about the news. Um, I have a lot of stuff that I want to kind of talk really? about tonight. I had a hard time this past week finding anything worth talking about because it was all uh, actor strike stuff. That's what I wanted to talk about. Oh. Um, that's, that, I wanted to talk a lot about it, actually. Well, and, you go right ahead because... Well... Okay, so as a person who it's it's hilarious because I'm I'm still unioned 
um, and IATSE, right? Um, so that is that is a big. It's not a. It's not the SAG, the Screen Actors Guild, or the Screenwriters Guild. Um, it is the harder working of the unions, and it is IATSE, and um, and it encompasses way more people. Um, well, I don't know. Screen Actors Guild is pretty big because if you're in a commercial like four times, then you you can get your 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 SAG card. Uh, and I know I'm probably gonna piss off a lot of a lot of uh, screenwriters and SAG artists, and because I I'm definitely on board with this with this cause here. Um, but it is it is really interesting uh, a conversation. And and the the one thing I want to start with before you like start glazing your eyes over when I start talking about like politics and stuff. Is um, everybody's like, oh, do we boycott movies? It's a big boycott because there there are productions that are halted. I ran into one of my my casting director friends here in town, and he's currently there's a movie filming nearby, and uh, he's like, yeah, we we you know we had to pause production because we are a union show, so you know we're having to figure that out. But um, the way to be a part of this is actually getting off your ass and going to the theater. Like, seriously, if you want to support what the strike is all about, go to the movies. Um, buy a ticket, sit down. Don't have your fucking phone out. Well, there's that. But pay for the theatrical experience. That is the absolute best way to support these people that are on strike. Um, because this is content that's already made and, and, and the contracts for theatrical releases is in a very, an much older legally binding contract that, that benefits the screenwriters, benefits the actors, not so much the crew members, but, uh, crew members do get paid more when there is better budgets for theatrical releases, right? And actors get their percentage points, uh, on theatrical earnings. All of the streaming stuff that everyone's too lazy to go to the movies, I'm going to wait for it to stream. All of those contracts, since it's such new technology, just get lost into the ether. And generally, it's behind curtains. They don't have to reveal how much viewership, how much money they're making, how much whatever. Once it becomes into the streaming world, everybody that had anything to do with that production is kind of screwed. But when it's in the theater, that's when you can show these studios people still care about going to see in the movies in the theater and then these people that worked on these movies can get money from it because when you don't and you wait for it to go to streaming the argument which you've seen already if you've been following this the studios are like nobody really cares about going to the theater so uh, fuck off with that we're just going to keep doing it on streaming so we don't have as big of a budget for streaming and we don't have to reveal any of the numbers for streaming and you can just go you know, lose your house, um, and we'll wait for you to lose your house. I don't know if you read that article where um, a production head, studio head, he was just like, well, talking about these strikes and said, we're not going to budge. We're going to just wait till they start losing their homes, and then they'll be ready to talk. It's like, yeah, I mean, a butt guy. I don't know how I feel about that, though, too, because a lot of these actors will have millions and millions of dollar homes that they could probably do without and i mean are we supposed to feel bad for them or something i don't know i'm well, i have i don't care about any of this honestly well you know and a, lo- a lot of the, the the actors the reason the sag actors got in their their sort of um rallying cry is not all actors get paid like tom cruise 
And well, not all actors are Tom Cruise. Did you see the beginning of Mission Impossible 7? It said, hey, Tom Cruise, production. True. He makes the movie. He is the movie. It's true. And so maybe more actors should be Tom Cruise. But I think that a lot of people like regular Joes that are watching TV and movies and, you know, doing streaming, going to the theaters. They think that because you're an actor on screen, you're probably a millionaire. And that is Uh, not the case. Far from it. Yeah. I think the average median income of uh, I think there's 160,000 plus members of SAG right now. And of those, the median income is just over 120 grand a year. Um, so it's not bad money, but when you're living in LA, mm. that's poverty. And, you know, you, you have to understand that these negotiations are not so the Jennifer Lawrence's and the Tom Cruise's and the Kevin Hart's and the, you know, the, the Dwayne Johnson's can get more money. It's for all of those people that are background actors and, you know, uh, up and comers and all of that kind of stuff, um, can, can get, can get supported. A Bottle Rocket 5000, who is a filmmaker, by the way, he said the writers definitely don't have millions of dollars. Uh, they, they, they don't. There's a handful of them. But you know, they, they, it's hard business. And <clears throat> you know what? Since you said Dwayne Johnson, you see that his next movie, he uh, he's going to be the highest paid actor ever or whatever. Oh, my God. Like, it's the biggest paycheck any actor's the ever rock? been given. It's, it's crazy. So <clears throat> it leads me to another thing that I wanted to talk about that I think I posted in our Discord this week but it was um a studio and a camera and i don't have the article with me but uh, a studio was announcing that they would pay people a single day rate to for background actors to come in and get their likeness scanned for ai to use them as background cast for for basically forever so you know a, a schmo that is not in the industry is like man i'll go in there and get three hundred dollars to just be in movies oh yeah until all of a sudden you are watching a movie that's like you know a remake of debbie does dallas and you're getting did in the background as as jake uh said earlier in the show <laughs> it wasn't, it's not exactly what i said it was a lot more it was yeah. a lot more graphic um wow. this, this is a pg person but you know they have they will have complete permission to use your likeness and that's a part of the deal and that's dangerous for for two yeah. things then all your buddies will see you naked in the background well, <laughs> getting getting well, did on getting did on but it's dangerous for a couple of reasons number one um, it's dangerous because, you know, you don't have like a background actor would not have a career basically after that, you know, and, and people make a living doing, doing that. Number two, it's, it would basically eliminate people's ability to break into the industry. A lot of people are discovered by being background actors, being on multiple sets, meeting people, making learn, learning set etiquette, like hanging out at crafty, bumping shoulders with somebody and being, and they're like, oh, I like the, I like, I like the cut of your jib, you know, you're going to be in pictures and you know, they become a, a celebrity. And so it would make, it would make Hollywood far more incestuous and nepotist than it already is. You know, I mean, you look at a lot of these people that are filmmakers and actors and you look at their families and it's like, oh, well, they're, parents were uh, an actor and a director and this famous actress and this famous producer and you know and and it just becomes like a a little neighborhood yeah i just saw the article that christopher nolan cast his uh daughter and she gets blown up or something like that at the bomb yeah and everyone's like oh that's funny he put his daughter in explosion but now she has acting credits and she has her breakthrough 
And she can start being like, oh, well, I was in Oppenheimer. And everyone's like, I've heard of that before. Well, it's like in ju- the new the new Justified thing that, that, that they're bringing back, mm-hmm. you know, with Timothy Oliphant. His daughter in the show is his daughter in real life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it, and it, it just kind of keeps it in the family. Yeah, and then all you ever see in the interviews and stuff is, like, well, they have chemistry because they have chemistry. And it, I think it works best. And everyone's like, yeah, that makes the most sense. But it's like what you don't realize is like... I mean, same thing with award shows. They're just yeah. Or I mean, you look giving at, themselves money. A big famous example is Nicolas Cage. He's only famous because he's from Coppola. the Coppola family, and which is why he changed his name though. Because he because he wanted he to be separated. Yeah, from he didn't him. want to work off of that name, which is why he was a fry cook in uh, uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, let's see. Dina says we're already dealing with this in publishing because protected works are being uh, scraped for AI generators. It's I a huge problem. And, yeah, these AIs, like, <clears throat> if you're not familiar, uh, for those of you at home that haven't been in our Discord at all uh, and seen the humongous piles of uh, AI-generated screenplays that, that get submitted, you know, AI is not creating this from scratch. It's like a super Google machine that takes all these pieces and, you know, I saw a lot of this on Google and I'm giving it to you. It and is the villain of the Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. <clears throat> but AI is, is is scary, and it's not creating anything on its own. It's borrowing pieces of everything and assembling them together, which, I mean, is part of the creative process in its own right. But there's no plagiarism laws to protect um, um, against AI so because it's not a real person. <clears throat> Vendrassi878 on YouTube says, Y'all have a Discord? Uh, question mark? Yes, we do. Um, if you're since you're watching on YouTube, it might be on our channel link descrip- uh, our channel description. Um, but uh, pretty sure if you're on Twitch or can check out the chat, uh, Vince, our Twitch mod, will throw that link up there. So there you go. Uh, uh, yeah. You know what? Before we get too far away from the strike stuff. <coughs> You see that Sorry. one production has been uh, given a um, waiver to continue filming. The Chosen. Of all movies. Yeah, yeah. TV, well, it's like a miniseries, right? TV mm-hmm. show. It's in its fourth season of a miniseries. Uh, but they were given a waiver to continue from SAG, uh, where they can continue filming. It started reshooting again today, and that's because they're not affiliated with the Alliance of Motion Pictures and Television Producers because it's completely crowdfunded. Oh. oh is this the Bible series? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Leave it to the Bible to not have laws apply to you. Well, so the whole thing is the main actor but is a SAG actor, right? Mm-hmm. But but the production was, they went through the, their channels and they asked SAG and everything if it was okay for them to do it. And they reviewed it and they said, yeah, you guys can continue. Here's a waiver. But that's cool that those people get to continue to work and be paid and have jobs and stuff like that because it's all crowdfunded and they made they've been given like over 40 million dollars to make this show just from contributors like PBS style but for bible people yep we we tithe for it show. I've you, heard it's really good they put it in the movie theater so you know they, um, they did like a fathom event style thing they put it in the theater I've seen like one episode well, of it the I've production on it the is the first season it's not bad the production on it's very good for finding out that it's only been given 40 million dollars to make the entire thing uh, it it looks really good. Um, so if that's your thing, or if you just like 
uh, timeless stories or whatever that's there they've been given the okay to continue on their fourth season but another obstacle they jumped in that is that the first three seasons they've sold um to like netflix and uh cw and, and a pure bunch flicks of, is it on pure flicks uh, i don't think so it's it's more like mainstreamers Dove. and stuff like that but they uh they sold those three seasons but because each season is sold independently to help fund the next one or whatever mm. to this it also doesn't uh, get in the way of them continuing filming. So there, there is some things continuing, even though you, all of your favorites like uh, Deadpool and all of these things that were getting you very excited about movies have been shut down. Oh, yeah. Just um, you remember when God's Not Dead <clears throat> was. So that was all shot here in Arkansas. What? And yeah. And they asked me to do sound for the first two. And I respectfully said, uh, absolutely not. <clears throat> but those were non-union shows, and they were humongous disasters. And I think it was on God's Not Dead too. The first one was non-union. The second one was not union until about halfway through production, and then enough people like blew the whistle and saying like, "This is a huge budget like film, and they're taking advantage of the crew." And that they, it's the term is called getting flipped. And so the movie went from a non-union production to a unionized production. And everybody that was working on that immediately got their union cards, which was pretty cool because if, sure. if you didn't have the the required hours um, to be eligible for whatever union, it uh, you immediately got got eligible, and so it it it, it, it pissed off the uh, uh, production company like crazy. Um, so it was it was interesting to witness witness how that that has and you know, I didn't know I'm sorry I got I'm sorry I got so tickled Velvet Santa God's not dead three he's not dead he's just, just very badly, badly burned, burned. <laughs> is that a, is that a, a Monty Python production no it's Will Ferrell when oh, he gets put in the right. pit and Austin Powers Austin Powers <laughs> yeah yeah he's like I'm not dead. I'm just very badly burned and so Doctor uh, Evil sends someone in there to shoot him and he's like you shot me. <laughs> I do remember that now. It's pretty good. Austin, Austin uh, And Movie Albert p- points out something. At least Marvel movies are shut down. Yeah, yes, I'm at least they are, though. except for Deadpool 3. That's like the one thing that's like, that's a bummer. It. And that's that's still a Fox production, which is under Disney now. But Yeah, and um, it's being headed by Marvel and, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, old uh, Dingleberry Dingus man. Yeah. Uh, Gun. Kevin Feige. Or Feige. Oh. Well, you, you read, did you read the article that came out like wow, maybe last week where Bob Iger admitted, he goes, maybe we should not have made so many shows because now you have nothing to work with. N- and no one, no one cares anymore. Yeah. yeah. I've seen, they were it's like, Bob Iger's going to stay on at Disney. And then he, uh, yeah, he, he said stuff like that. And then everyone's like, uh, pointed out that he's kind of a dick about some things and he's been in more news than what I cared to read about. But, uh, the yeah. Disney love their bobs. Disney also again reiterated that they're like sorry about the last eleven years of what they've done to Star Wars, and they're gonna maybe they take it sorry. take it down a notch. Yeah, they're like maybe we goofed. And also, it was in the maybe. news that Kathleen Kennedy said that she's staying at Lucasfilm only because no one else wants it because everyone looked at her and what they've done to Lucasfilm, which is so sad because if you look at old interviews with George Lucas where he's with her on set, he's like, mm-hmm. this is Kathleen. I'm going to let her make day-to-day decisions while I do family stuff and all this. I, I really like that I have Star Wars in the hands of someone that cares about it and I can trust. Ooh. Ooh. 
that didn't age well. No, 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 no. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, and she's like, well, I guess I'm staying because no one else wants the job. There's probably like a million nerds out there. They're like, just let me do it. Just yeah. let me do it. I'll do it for free. I've waited my whole yeah. life for this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know what? The crazy thing about this actor strike, too, is that at the Oppenheimer premiere, all of the stars like got up and walked out of that. And then Sholo uh, Marduanya, or uh, whatever his name is, uh, for Blue Beetle, he just mm-hmm. quit promoting it. And he's like, I'm going to quit promoting it, to, uh, it for, for solidarity or whatever. It's like, bro, you've already said dumbass things that have upset everyone about yeah. your movie. And DC's not doing guy? so hot. Yeah, the dude Damn, from Cobra really? Kai. So now he's uh, refusing to promote it. And it's like, bro, you're fucking up at every turn. No one's going to watch your dumbass movie because you say stupid things and then you get caught up and you have dumb excuses and then now you're like I'm not even going to promote this movie yeah and he tries to backtrack too much it's like bro you're messing up when he you just, were just a kid in Cobra Kai you were doing great everybody loved it. you yeah. up and comer everyone's like this kid is something and then now you're in Blue Beetle and you're just a butthole man don't, at, and you're, don't you're messing it up Ezra dude. Miller like you know yeah um be careful. Be careful. Also, the, have you seen the new Blue Beetle trailer that came out? No, I haven't seen the newest one, no. It looks extra dumb. What? No. So dumb. It looks so good. No, it doesn't. It looks okay, stupid. The, co- or the costume, sorry. The suit looks really good. It's CGI. Well, I mean, it of course good. CGI it looks, looks good. They made it in a computer to look good. I hope, um, I hope it's not terrible. But well, it's going to be. I feel. And did you see his, his rant not long ago or his no. uh, defense of them, of George Lopez saying that Batman was a fascist in the trailer that upset oh, yes. every comic book fan that oh, there's God. ever been? And he was like, uh, well, I think it's a, an acceptable point of view and all this stuff. And everyone's like, bruh, it's Batman. Like, you probably didn't write that line. Yeah. Either. But at the same time, why is he the one saying something? Yeah. That's what yeah. I'm saying. He keeps he keeps screwing he's up. He's like the biggest name in the movie. George Lopez is the biggest name in the movie. Didn't he say it? He said the line. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He says it. Yeah. Yeah, but George Lopez is a comedian. But why is Sholo coming out and being like... Defending and... Yeah. yeah. He's messing up by putting himself out in the the front, so... Hey. Well, you want, do do you have some more news? Just a little bit. Okay. Uh, You know how Indiana Jones uh, made none of the money? It just passed three hundred million, which made its budget yeah, for the filming back, not, which was two hundred ninety-five. Not doing great, but it still has tens of millions of dollars to go until they recover their advertising for, budget for what it needed to make. No, it is not. So doing their very filming well. budget has been met, but their true budget is far from it. And I feel like this is going to be one of those movies that absolutely goes crazy once it's on streaming. Which you know, going back to what we've said, because everyone's everyone will watch it when it when it hits streaming, yeah. and it goes back to what we were saying at the very beginning of the show. It's like you know these people are waiting to not go to the theater and support these movies, and and I thought it was pretty pretty decent. And then we're not going to get movies like it because you're going to wait to see it on streaming, and then it's just going to turn into a TV show. And it's going to suck because um, everybody just waited to see it on streaming. But it, that that ties into something that I want to talk about about this weekend's releases. Because I'm really disappointed in everybody, um, but we'll get we'll cover that after we finish the news block. Uh, yeah, last bit of news uh, talking about DC Max has hidden the uh, 
uh, Snyder Cut trailer from YouTube, uh, and everyone thought that was them going to remove Snyder Cut from uh, Max because in other countries they have removed DC movies from Max service. Everyone's like, where are the movies that we're trying to watch? Uh, But according to them, it is over a copyright dispute on music used in the trailer. Um, so it's just hidden. It's not deleted. Uh, but that's their story right now. And then uh, Mission Impossible, uh, the, Haley Atwell, who is also the one that's talking the most about this movie um, for some reason. Who did that car chase stunt with Tom Cruise. Uh, yeah, yeah. She showed yeah. that she was the worst driver on the, on the planet. Um, <laughs> she has said that the next movie, Part 8, uh, will be completely influenced by feedback that they get about this movie. Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner. Let's yeah, bring back Jeremy it, Renner. Please. Let's bring back Brant. Why are you so big on him, bro? He well because he fit in the team. He they was, need a new director and he yeah, was he was playing in the politics s- side underneath the old director. Simon Pegg's been in more of them than anybody. No, Pegg is a field agent. Pegg I don't is want not a director. Yeah, I want Pegg to be continue to be Pegg. We needed well, Brant. Brant was a a a, a failed field agent in his first appearance yeah, and then he was like a sub director in the next yes. exactly. <laughs> he need, they have no director well and then they murked out alec baldwin and he right. could have yeah, i wanted i wanted he could have been the chairman up. that's what or, i wanted uh, the secretary the secretary yes. yeah i want brant to be the secretary that's... because he can kick some butt when he needs to they didn't show a secretary to... they didn't tom like his character well because he was an agent yeah he's right? a part exactly. of the team you can trust him. They didn't show an IMF secretary in this They one. did not. Oh, and I'm hoping like in part two. He just bust like, out and, and he's like the secretary. <laughs> and it's like Jeremy Renner. And they're like, yeah, there he was. I think that's going to be badass. Anyhow, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of excited to hear that they're going to listen to viewer feedback. The only thing is before we get into the review, that might not bode well for Haley Atwell. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. They got rid of the best female. We can't get into the review. Yeah, we can't. Part of we can't yet. spoil that one. Not oh, yet. No, I'm just saying. Not yet. Um, uh, the, hold on. The, the the best female in in any of Mission Impossible was Agent Carter. Agent Carter was cool. Agent Carter was badass. Wait, was Agent Pretty cool. Again? She was the one uh, from the fourth one. Yeah, Rogue Nation. Yes. Mm-hmm. She was the one whose uh, partner got killed with the with the files by the assassin lady, yeah, and then she, she kicked, kicked her out of that window. Out of window. No, she kicked the assassin lady. Oh, the lady out of the yeah, window. Yeah, she just like was on the ground and like kicked the her Dubai in the face. scene. Because they, they, they busted the window out for Tom Cruise to gecko up, the, and they got mad at her for the, killing um, Wiz Khalifa. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. Anyway, Wait. go ahead. Never mind. Okay, no. movie Albert asks <laughs> if we've seen the trailer for the Last Voyage of the Demeter. Yes. Many, many. Many times. I am both looking forward to this movie and very uh, scared of what this movie might end up as. If it is, I think it's a universal production, I want to say, um, which could open up pathways to this sort of new dark universe that they want to do. I know they've been trying to start the dark universe. They're even building the... um, Universal Monsters area of uh, Universal Studios, which is supposed to open up in 2025 or 26. Uh, I'm excited about it, but the thing that I am scared of is we all know how the Voyage of the Demeter goes. If you are familiar with any Dracula lore, 
everyone dies. And yeah, how are they going to kill Dracula on the on the sea? They're not going to do that. If they do, I'm going to hate this movie with every fiber of my being because everyone is supposed to die. And I know that they've got some very... Except the dog. Don't kill the dog. That's what I was thinking. It's going to die. All of it has Probably to die. Has first, to be honest. Not, not the dog. Even the rats die on the Demeter. Yeah, like, but the dog's going to be okay. That's the thing is because when the Demeter like coasts into port, the people are like, every creature on this thing is dead and drained of blood. Except for the dog that hopped off. He's fine. He's, <laughs> He's like paddle. paddling. He's cool. uh, <laughs> but anyway. Hold on. I have Ooh. a question. Vindrasi said that the Mission Impossible theme has a Morse code in the really? in the song. I've never heard about this. How have I never heard about this? It, um, yeah, it says dash, 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 dash dot, 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 dot. And if a dot is, uh, I guess, let's see. I don't know. Has a secret Morse code meaning. Uh, revealed the, um, well, let's find out. Says, it's an amazing fact. That it has two dashes and dots, which translate to MI. That's cool. Okay, MI, MI, MI. That is kind of neat. I had that's pretty rad. Wow, secrets from the sixties. That's pretty badass. Um, what else? What else? Um, Dina says on Twitch. Yeah, what is going back to the Demeter? Mean. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. Uh, it says they seem to indicate everyone dies. Knowing Hollywood, there will be a surprise survival. And, it's but they're be the an empire. Dude. I, yeah, I mean. Probably some kind of colored person. What, what scares me? The main me? dude. <laughs> I'm just saying. The no, main dude, yeah. Dude. What scares me is, you know, when you stack a cast full of sort of, I, and I, for less lack of a better term, virtue signally sort of casting, you, 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 you set yourself up in a way that right now, in the way that reactionary social media goes, if you kill those people or they don't win, then y- your whole plan of casting them is now backfired. And yeah, maybe, I don't know. Like the nope. like that girl that they cast as Snow White and everyone's just being mean on the internet and she's like oh, don't take it out on me don't take it out on me have you seen this no, i have not seen oh this. yeah she's like colombian and she's snow white and everyone's like her name is snow white and just because her skin is snow white and explain it and everyone's like we don't have to explain it it's a disney and she's like don't pick on me internet don't pick on me <laughs> but just the post of like leave me alone internet is, is kind of funny well that brings because she should have seen it coming that brings me to what I wanted to talk about. If you have any people being mean on the internet, the internet. Do you have any more news that you wanted to drop? No. So we need to talk about what's coming oh, out this weekend. Yes. One thing. James Gunn what? on on his oh, on the on internet. Your news. One more thing. Yeah, one more thing. James Gunn in the internet. That's always a thing. That's never good. Uh, has defended his addition of way too many friggin' superheroes in Superman Legacy because the first Superman movie in his DCU reboot is not a Superman movie, but instead what seems to be some weird Justice League, Justice Society movie uh, because it has Hawkgirl Metamorpho, which I'm actually very excited about. Uh, Guy Gardner, Green Lantern, inexplicably. And Why then do they always other- sleep on Martian Manhunter? They had him in the Snyder Cut. For like also, two Martian seconds. Martian Manhunter's lame because he's no. too OP, bro. 
he uh, fire, is fire, which is everywhere. Not here's a lighter, dude. And not like, necessarily. Oh! How many times a day do you get set on fire? Never. So how many times well, a day is Martian Manhart? Nobody Manor? tries. He can phase through everything. He can read everyone's minds. He can shape shift. He can exist cool. in the vacuum of space. He can do absolutely anything. No, he's Superman. He's so cool. if he could go through walls without breaking them and read people's minds, he's too much. No, but Superman's too much. Really? Because Martian Manhunter is more powerful than no, Superman. No, because everybody has fire okay. in their pocket. And if Superman tried to punch Martian Manhunter, what's he going to do? He's just going to let it go through him. He's like, okay. Yeah, but the only thing that can make him weak is kryptonite. Where are you going to get some of or that? Or brain attacks, which Martian Manhunter can do to him. Hell yeah, that's that's why he Superman sucks. <laughs> Anyhow, the point of it being, it, it looks to be a Justice Society, Justice League type movie, and, and a lot of fans are like, why? And and James Gunn goes, listen, everyone, listen. I don't put billions of characters into a movie for no good damned reason. Okay, <laughs> it's because it's because they they help the story. He's like, I'm not trying to set up future adventures. It's like, yeah, you are. You're making a whole universe, you dumbass. And he goes, I'm not trying to set up future adventures. If they're there, it's only because they help progress the story of Superman. And it's like. What is Hawk Girl and Metamorpho doing that's helping Superman's story? What is Guy Gardner doing? What is any, except what is for like Superman doing to promote yeah, Superman's except story? Except for that Guy Gardner shows up. He's like, what's up, dude? I'm a dickhole. Your babe's hot. Guy Gardner. And and Superman's <laughs> like, you suck. And yeah. everyone's like, yeah, Guy Gardner does suck. This has really built the character of Superman by him telling Guy Gardner that Guy Gardner sucks. What is that going to do? Cool, Metamorpho is cool. I'm very excited about this. I want a Justice Society. I want to see Wildcat and and uh, Mr. Terrific's in this. I'm actually very excited about Mr. Terrific being That'd on be screen cool. because he's gonna be like technology, and he has a big T on his face. When do we get Plastic Man? Never. We're never. They don't. They'll never give us Lobo, and they'll never give us Plastic Man. They're and the we'll two never that we get what need. we want. Oh, yeah, they're, yeah, they're great. Plastic Man could be the DC Deadpool if they played it right. But if they do it, everyone will just say that. Like, well, he's like Deadpool, but he's cooler. Yeah. So uh, no, we'll never get the cool characters, man. He's a bank robber. That's what's cool. He's indestructible. I know. Oh, I guess I don't know much about plastic. Yeah, he's basically uh, he's basically Marvel's Mister Fantastic. He's a yeah, he's a bank but robber, a bank robber, asshole. He has the same origin as the Joker, but he turned into a stretchy plastic man that is a total goof and can do anything and can't die. Why is he? Never mind. But he becomes a good guy because he's a dumbass. Let's get Dead Man on screen. I would. Oh, die. for yeah. real, Dead Man's cool. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Vendrasi was saying, I was expecting him to play Hal Jordan instead of Gardner since he has done so much VA for Jordan in the past movies. Yeah, also, he looks like Hal Jordan. Mm. Um, okay, well, we got to move yeah, on. We, we only have uh, 20 more minutes of show left. Uh, this weekend in the box office, Barbenheimer coming out. Uh, and I wanted to talk about this for uh, a, a little bit more than a normal this is what's coming out because you know Oppenheimer you know Barbie we've talked about these movies they're coming out this weekend what we haven't really discussed is the internet meme driving the double feature of Barbie and Oppenheimer right we're in a we're in a time where everybody's staying home and not watching these movies they're skipping out they're not watching Mission Impossible in the theater when they 
effing should. They're not watching uh, Indiana Jones, despite it being way better than Crystal Skull. Um, you know, and they're like, I just, I, the movies are too expensive. I don't want to go. It's just too inconvenient. But when TikTok says, you know, it'd be a funny idea if you go see them back to back because internet TikTok and everybody's lining up and freaking out and there's sold out shows all over the place for two movies that I think that were, if they were to come out independently one from one another, they would have just done okay. But right. n- now there is this huge, especially Oppenheimer. That's yeah. It's like. A movie about a nuclear bomb. Yeah, it's probably going to be a good movie. But I guarantee you it wouldn't have had a bunch of bro bras on TikTok lined up to go excited to see it on opening night. I'm stoked for these people to sit through five and a half hours of movie and be like, oh my God, dude, can we leave yet, bro? And that's only like an hour into Oppenheimer. You know, uh, well, as Velvet Santa, he says at least people are getting excited about going to the theater. They're not excited about going to the theater. They're excited about posting pictures of themselves at the theater with their tickets, and they're probably going to be assholes on their phones in the middle of Oppenheimer that I'm going to choke to death. Exactly. I feel like people are going to be on their phones the whole time, TikToking, recording, going, look at what I did. I did the thing that you told me to do because the internet is my slave. Also, straight up, I told someone in the theater last night to put her phone away that was out for three minutes during one of the most biggest scenes in Mission Impossible. And then they waited and attempted to attack me in the parking lot. What? Because they were so upset that I told them to put their phone away. Why do you always get in fights? (laughs) All I said, I said, will you please put your phone away? They go, oh, your phone, please put your phone away. And then I sat down and then they wanted to fight. Well, what happened in the parking lot? I want to hear the rest of it. I just drove away. I wasn't dealing with that. Were they like, hey, man, you're a phone guy. Oh, they whipped whipped their car up and got out and tried to charge at me. And I was just. What'd they say? I don't know. I didn't listen. I drove away. I'm not getting into maybe they were gonna the maybe they were just trying to go apologize be like no hey one, man we're sorry for <laughs> our phone out no. anyhow <laughs> yeah anyway well uh, so don't have your phone out I'll kill you but that's that's my problem is I, I think that everybody's getting excited about these movies for the wrong reasons they're not excited about going seeing these movies because they're in, they're independently excited about both Barbie and Oppenheimer they're excited about being a part of some internet phenomenon that's stupid. And just like uh, Bottle Rocket 5000 said, uh, it's minions all over again. And I was going to talk about that, too. Like the whole gentle minions where you dress up as a minion or in a suit and you go and you just be a total butthole through the whole movie because you didn't go. You're not there to see the movie. You're there to be with your friends and record yourself being there because everybody else is doing the same thing. And it's disrespectful to the movie. It's disrespectful to everybody that's going to see the movie, that wants to see the movie. Um, and, And it. You know, Mobius was the same thing. It's Morbin time. It got so popular on the internet that they re-released it for a couple of weekends because they thought you idiots were going to go and see it. All these TikTok morons were talking about it so much. They re-released it, and then guess what? Didn't make any money. Dude, as bad as, like, Flash is, uh, not Mobius, Morbius. I'm thinking Morbius. Morbius? Yeah, that looked good. You're talking about a whole different thing. Oh, yeah. Um, Dina said that, that, that there are a lot of ladies that were pretty excited about Barbie. Yes, there was a lot of people excited about Barbie. I'm not trying to just say that no one cared about Barbie or Oppenheimer. There are people that are excited about Oppenheimer. There are people that are excited about Barbie. This amalgamation of Barbenheimer is a whole different demographic that I think could care less about both. Also, I don't understand. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I don't understand how anyone cares about Barbie when the trailer shows you it's just the Lego movie again. Will Ferrell and everything. Because half the people that want to see it haven't seen the second trailer. I've talked Mm. to multiple people. (laughs) Because when I I saw that it was just the Lego movie all over again, I'm like, oh, I've seen this. 
Will Ferrell's in it. Yeah, as a dude trying Literally to stop toys. The same thing. Yeah, exactly. It's the same thing. Well, uh, Movie Albert says there was a yappy kid when he saw Indiana Jones and told his mom to shut her kid up last Friday. Good. That's how, yes. you know. Well, no one goes to the theaters, so they don't have theater etiquette anymore. Yeah, there's <laughs> no one that works at the theaters. There's no enforcement. Shit. They're yeah, like, oh, I don't know what to do, sir. I barely like, even know why I'm here. You, you call up to the theater and you're like, hey, do you still have Optimus Prime? Is it on sale yet? I really want to come get it. And they go, yeah, we got plenty of them, but it's not on sale. You can screw yourself. I'm like, damn. And then I go to the theater and like, yeah, it sold out like a week and a half ago. Where were you? <laughs> Calling you. Um, but anyway, the internet, like the, the final, final thought on this is I, I don't really like how the uh, memeable internet is really truly affecting how we consume movies because when when we show studios that we care more about this meme aspect of these movies and not these movies themselves we are going to get less good movies I mean this this year we are very blessed to have movies like Barbie and Oppenheimer coming out we had the Indiana Jones we have Mission Impossible we're gonna have Dune we're gonna have you know we, we, we've got uh, uh, that Scorsese movies on the way there, there's a lot of crazy cool movies that are coming out in the next 12 months that I'm very excited about but um, we need to go support them with our dollar and not because and not not be disruptive in the theater and not go just because it's fucking TikTok told you to. So anyway, um, also Oppenheimer, dude, if you're on your phone or making any kind of noise, it's going to be a movie with like no noise in it. You're going to yeah. stand out. Everyone's going to know you're an asshole. I mean, no one's like, yo, dude, I'm so excited about going to see Schindler's List. Ah! You know, it's like you're you're about to watch a movie about the eradication of people and the invention that was because of it and how the world changed. Like this is not going to be a, an exciting rad movie. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a, a, a difficult movie. I think, um, you know, and, and most of Christopher Nolan's war movies aren't like, Oh yeah. Did you see that dude like die on the shore? <laughs> you know, uh, here's two hours of people getting brutally shot. Um, yeah, here's here's two hours of watching people get turned into dust that really happened. Um, yeah. Anyway, I don't. Uh, whatever. Those movies are coming out. We'll see them. We're talking about them. I don't, I'm not gonna go see a double feature of it. There's um, no way. Yeah, I can't. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. Uh, but they're coming out this weekend. So, all right. On a lighter note, let's talk about how badass Mission Impossible was. Okay. It was. It's the title of the show. The next 15 minutes are talking about how badass Mission Impossible is and continues to be. Dude, so we're not shy about how much we like Mission Impossible, right? Uh, it's the tits. It's super rad. Uh, I was talking earlier, Pluto TV has the first four of them for free right now. Uh, you can uh, rent and watch the other two where they're on Paramount where you don't have to pay dollars for them extra. Uh <laughs> And they're so easy to watch, and they're so good, and everything leads into it. And then you have the new one. I know. And it, it's more. It's just more. And it's uh, Ethan Hunt being Ethan Hunt. Uh, of course, it has. there is the one, or there's two detractors from the movie. The first one being that they're like, well, the world hates, hates Ethan Hunt. He's gone rogue, and we, he might be a bad guy or something. He's going against national interests. It's like, have you not learned by now that Ethan Hunt is the well, only a, one? A couple of characters, like there's a su supporting character that's like, there's like a, maybe he's maybe he's yeah, right. There's the whole meta scene of being like, 
but what if he's been the good guy the whole time and everyone just tries to say he's the bad guy to trip you up? And the dude's like, don't be ridiculous. Well, and I'm glad that they included characters like that. That's one of the things I love about this franchise is they start to include things that we all as an audience think about. You know, and we're like, ah, oh, what if? And ah, oh, certainly someone, you know, would figure it out that they're always getting disavowed and always doing whatever. Um, and, and, and it includes that as a part of the narrative uh, conversation on screen. And, you know, I was talking with someone the other day about more reasons why I like these movies. And it is unlike, say, a movie like Fast and Furious that over time has just gotten so wildly outlandish and ridiculous, like, this movie is still a very competent action movie that doesn't take itself super seriously, but takes itself serious enough to make it to the, the the finish line where you're still caring about what's going on and it still feels like there's stakes. This one had more comedy in it than any of the others. This is true. But I felt like it balanced a lot of it. It was also, uh, yeah, a pretty serious movie. Uh, yeah, and you're right. It's, it's just, it is an action movie. It is what you want it to be it's spy thriller it's drama it's action uh they don't get you tripped up in romance and stuff that you don't need except when it works like in mission impossible three and six uh where it's there just a little bit you know it's just seasoning you know and and the comedy generally you you have not everybody is is a comedian in this unlike say you, you you look at some of the marvel movies and everyone is basically, you know, trying to carrot top their way through the whole movie. Um, you know, I, I felt like in the, the the last Thor movie, you know, it was like watching a carrot top bit where it's mm. like, look at my axe, look at it do dumb shit. But this movie, you know, you 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 know, the car chase. I want to mention this car chase, which I don't know if we talked at the beginning of the show or pre-show. No, I don't know. We, we haven't really at all. The the longest car chase ever. And Haley Atwell and Tom Cruise were really like handcuffed together and as a scene it's really impressive because they did it as a two shot so if, if if those of you guys don't know what a two shot is it's not like we filmed this one and then this one is two scenes we put together a two shot this is a two shot um this is this is a, a a single if my hand was right here and this was my face and i'm like oh this is me the boom operator oh this is a single and then we go back to this this is the two shot of both and then you have you know uh, over the shoulders ots's so if like i'm talking to jake and you see kind of uh, my shoulder and jake's face when he's talking to me and then a flip you know those are those are singles back to the two shot whatever okay we all know what a two shot is they film this whole action sequence as a, as a two shot. And that means throughout all that physical comedy of being handcuffed together, literally driving that tiny car, which they have upgraded to make it go 80 miles an hour, which I read in an article. They're like, yes, it was on Roman cobblestone roads going. We souped it up. It was like electric, it, right? To go 80 miles an hour yeah. for real. And it was kind of hard to control. The idea of a Fiat 500, a classic Fiat 500 going 80. 80. <laughs> well, and they were insane. like, but, and Haley Atwell said in an interview, she's like, you know, and then the director, uh, they were like, thankfully, you know, Tom Cruise is so accustomed to doing car chases and motorcycle stunts and motor vehicle stunts that he was very much in control, it, despite having his hand, like, handcuffed mm-hmm. the whole time. But, uh, but Haley Atwell, like, 
props for being a part of that and 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 going with that stunt. Like that's the stuff like that that makes these movies so incredible. And that comedy that was playing out felt so natural even in the middle of that really impressive stunt. Like it is just classic Hollywood like golden era movie magic that that I that I love about these movies. Yeah, and and uh all of that stuff was fun, but the the other part that took away from the movie, the only thing that I didn't like about it was Haley Atwell. Because her character sucks. Her character so was much. very much like the character from Indiana Jones 5. And she is the biggest... She's exactly the character from Indiana Jones 5. It's like, I know you're constantly helping me, but peace out every single time. Yeah, she's just a sack of shit that's there to drag the movie down. And it made it difficult. Uh, and she's the biggest antagonist in the entire thing. So so the plot of the movie uh, in, in general is just that there is a an AI that has gone rogue. It's deciding to take over the world. It's it's HAL 9000. They're, they're, they're going... It's chat GPT. Yeah, they're going mm-hmm. up against HAL. And, and HAL is, uh, has gathered some evil people to do... Uh, it's bidding, and that's what they're trying to stop. But the biggest obstacle in the entire movie is Grace, G- the character of Grace. She's the biggest obstacle to everything in the entire movie, and yet they continue to try and help her and and do things for her when she does nothing but get people hurt, uh, cause more problems, potentially destroy the entire world single-handedly because she's a dumb asshole. Um, all I, true. Everything about her character was so stupid and unnecessary and a poor repeat of the character from Mission Impossible 2. The thief. Ah, uh, yes. The thief chick that yep. he hooks it up with. Um, and, and also, she, this character is a reason that another character has a very terrible time and uh, yeah. that was a good character. Um, People you like. You don't get to. I don't want to give any spoilers because here. because Grace is in the movie and the whole thing with it is at first it's like it seems like he's trying to look after her like a like a pseudo like a false father daughter relationship like teaching her how to drive and stuff like that because she's so incompetent that she can't uh, let off a gas pedal for two seconds. Um, Even though she's an international super thief. Yeah. So I hate everything about her character and the way that her character was written and done. Everything else in this movie is so good. It is really good. Tom Um, Cruise is killer. Simon Pegg is a lot of fun. Ving Uh, Rhames is always cool. Yeah, he's so rad. Luther is one of the coolest characters in the whole Uh, deal because he's just posted up. Rebecca Ferguson is friggin' cool. She's awesome. She is so awesome. Um, Yeah, and it, 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 it... Oh, there was another thing that we posted in our Discord, which made this, um, well, okay, Night Owl, she said, why she got to be a girl, and they make her incompetent. She's not incompetent. Well, I mean. She's not incompetent. She just constantly makes bad decisions. Everyone's like, the entire world is like, here's the right choice, and she goes, what if I fuck this up, though? And then she does. Well, Uh, because she always makes the, the wrong choice for... The, the 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 stakes to get messed up. Like once like, she clearly realizes that Ethan Hunt is the good guy in this scenario, which should con- have happened immediately, but continues to just not, 
and and try and kill him and try and ruin everything and and she just fails to realize the stakes even though everyone is consistently like hey the entire world is in the balance here everyone on planet earth could die skynet exists it's happening terminators and she's like yeah, but yeah. what if I make sure that Terminators win? And, and everyone's like, are you stupid? I just don't like that. Yeah, how much of the movie focuses on her when she's kind of the bumbling oaf? We, I mean, t- we, if you're talking There's about There's not strong enough f- Ethan Hunt in this. There is way too much If you're grace. If you're talking about badass female characters in this movie, Rebecca Ferguson absolutely destroys, always. She's great in every single one of these movies. Vanessa Kirby, I liked her in the last one. Yeah, I like her in this one. She's awesome. Um, really? I don't like her. I love her character. But I like Ilsa Faust in the last one. Uh, in in uh, The last two, wasn't she? What was it? What was the last She was one? in she, Rogue Nation yeah, and she was, in She was Fallout. in the last two, but I didn't yeah. like her in the first one because you didn't know if she was a good guy or a bad well, guy. Well, that's why she was great. Yeah, I liked her in in the last one though. Uh, and then I actually like the White Widow character played by Vanessa Kirby. I, Why? Be- because it it represents and kind of an unspoken requirement of m- movies like Cloak and Dagger movies where there is an acknowledgement between all good guy governments that they do have to kind of do business with bad guys to accomplish goals. And there are people, and mainly it's because it's the exact same character I play in D&D, is this person that's neither good nor bad, that is just out for themselves and and making deals and kind of like neutral ground. Her character made no sense in this movie because at the end of the last movie, she had reconciled herself with the governments of the U.S. and the U.K. Yeah. And she turned in the corrupt uh, MI6 dude and all that stuff, and she was free and out of it and cleared. And this movie, she's right back to where she was at at the beginning of the last movie. But they don't. It didn't her, make sense. But I, I like. I liked her character. I do like that character. Also, I didn't like Paris. Paris was a bad character that was unnecessary. And Gabriel has not yet become a, a cool villain. And so, uh, Bottle now Rocket. Now nitpicking. This I like. Bottle the Rocket says Kirby plays the daughter of the arms dealer from the original Max. So. Uh, oh, so there's a connection to the TV show. There we go. That's kind of that. That's kind of neat. Is that if that's if that's where we're going with that? But anyway, overall, like you know, there there there's a lot going on in this movie. And and the article that I wanted to mention that we mentioned on Discord again that makes this this movie really really cool. It makes. I know it's hard to praise Tom Cruise because Tom is Cruise because is so really cool, so weird. But he's just man. He makes good movies. But he pushed back against studios about leaving a cliffhanger ending. He said, no, I'm, I, we, I'm executive producer, and we're not going to have a cliffhanger ending. We need to give people kind of a, a, a cushiony come down here, uh, some sort of closure at the end of this movie leading into the next one, because that's how good movies and sequels are made. It, um, and, and, and it did a did a good job though yeah it and even though it clearly is leading into another movie they did an empire strikes back they're like here's everything wrapped up enough to where you can wait for the next one you're not left hanging everything is wrapped up but at the same time you know it has to continue on and that part was done really well and i really liked that part a lot of a lot of studios have forgotten the the subtle art of the sequel like if you you know movies like back to the future uh, movies like mission impossible you leave things open to make a sequel but you give the audience 
closure from the climax you have built up in the past two hours of this film, right? And then you create new yeah. climax. You don't and fast 10 this shit. Yeah. You, you don't end it in the middle of an action sequence. Or Spider-Man versus versity verse whatever verse we're in where it's just like you're in the literally in the middle of a fight sequence and it goes roll credits uh you gotta wait two years and you're like excuse me um or okay i'm not even gonna acknowledge some of these comments here um super mario brothers movie uh this movie did what just good old-fashioned action movies do it is mission impossible and it didn't strain it didn't stray from that. It, it kept it going. You you get to have the Mission Impossible feel and action. And that and motorcycle story. stunt, holy crap, that was cool. Dude, the, the stunts are so good. And knowing that Tom Cruise is still doing this stuff is so cool. And when they do it, it's it's Tom in there. And you get to see the actor. It's Ethan Hunt. Uh, and one other praise for this movie is that they had an opportunity to do the de-aging thing with him because it goes into Ethan Hunt's past. You start to get a little bit of an origin in the seventh movie, but they don't do it. They did a classic movie thing where you just see him from behind. You don't see his face, but you ever, the story's there, and it's not ruined with unnecessary CGI. Yep. Uh, and that, you that don't was, always have to do that. That was uh, nice. One of the other things, you know, before we get off topic of Mission Impossible and go into the box office, that that I do appreciate about these movies is, and 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 especially this one as well. Unlike a lot of action movies, and you look at movies like uh, we'll use Fast and Furious because it's a big, huge, mega budget action franchise. All of the main characters look beautiful while they're doing all of these stunts because they're not doing these stunts. It's all computer generated. They're sitting in a green screen doing whatever, but. Tom Cruise looks like he's in pain, looks like he's struggling. His hair is matted to his face because he's on top of a train going like 60 miles an hour. And he's he's not gorgeous looking. You know, his face is doing this when he's like falling out of that uh, that motorcycle because he, you're, you're watching and witnessing this stuff happen. And, and it pulls you in as a viewer in a way that is so genuine it's the difference between practical effects and CGI. You know, even a rubber monster on screen is fun and cool and exciting because they're interacting with a real object. You know that something's real and tangible that's happening, and you're like, how'd they do that? Wow, oh my gosh. And when you see stuff like this, like Tom Cruise, like flying down the streets of Rome in this car, like, and they're like hanging on and dangling off of this cliff or having his face like plastered while he's falling off of a cliff and then hitting a parachute and jetting up into the air it's cool and that's just it's just it's just fucking cool it's a cool movie it's a lot of fun uh the music is great uh the visuals are great it's a movie you should probably watch in the movie theater uh so that you can get the effect of yeah like you've seen it in every trailer for it where he leaps the dirt bike off the mountain you don't see the rest of it though uh the the visuals and the audio in all of that bring you into it like you're in an IMAX or something like that you know um, I talked to somebody the other day that didn't realize that in Top Gun he was actually flying those jets in the new one yeah yeah he was yeah Mike how Absolutely. did you not know that yeah uh, and and before we get into the box office this one didn't make the kind of money they thought it would it still made okay money and and is not doing bad 
same thing happened with Top Gun Maverick, and it ended up making the most money out of anything uh, last year, and and was super badass. So, um, don't let the money tell you uh, that how it is. Never let the money tell you how th- good a movie is. This 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 is probably one of the better Mission Impossibles, uh, like visual wise. Story wise, it's not quite as fun as some. I'd say, yeah, visual wise, it's it's great. The pacing's great, um, and and you know a lot of these characters: Tom Cruise, Simon Pegg, Ving Rhames. You know, uh, you know everybody that's reprising a role. Rebecca Ferguson. Uh, who else has been reprising a role in this movie? I think that's all of the, the dude that played Kittredge because he came back from the first yeah, movie. They're they're these they're into these characters. They they they're so believable now that. Honestly, like I know that it's Simon Pegg, I know that it's Ving Rhames, I know that it's Tom Cruise, but to me, I'm not seeing those people. I'm seeing Ethan Hunt, I'm seeing Luther, mm-hmm. I'm seeing Benji. And this is one of the few movies where Simon Pegg isn't Simon Pegg, but he's like he actually is he's Benji. Like, he's the character. Yeah. yeah, and uh, and I appreciate Mission Possible for doing this. Because um, a lot of movies can't. A lot of movies, it's just like, yeah, that's Jack Black. Yeah, that's Kevin Hart. Yeah, that's Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, that's, you know, I'm not looking at these characters. I'm looking at these celebrities. Somehow Mission Impossible manages to to, to change that for me, and I appreciate it. So, um, anyway. uh, Yeah, I had a great time. Okay, well, time for the box office. Uh, we're going to give you the top ten movies in the U.S. Uh, because we only give you domestic numbers. We'll give you some worldwide numbers for some of those bigger ones because it's interesting. But the reason we focus on domestic numbers is because that's what the studios pay attention to. So when you're going to the theaters and giving them your money, that's what tells them the metric of what we need to make more of, what we need to make less of, how we need to screw over um, the Screen Actors Guild, how we need to screw over the the, the, the Screenwriters Guild, like all of this stuff. Like that's what studios pay attention to it's not streaming data because that's evil streaming is evil when it comes to trying to get people paid so um i'm gonna let jake take over with number 10 Go for i just it. want to touch real quick number 13 is the flash it made a total of 106 million dollars so far it's in less than a thousand theaters uh, and then that ruby gilman movie is in its third, it's third week, week out it's only made 14 million total uh sad for all of those oh dreamworks uh, but a oh, surprising Number ten, Little Mermaid. Uh, I don't think it's been on there in a in a week or two, huh? Not that I remember. Uh, it was number nine last week. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, two point three million dollars for it. Uh, it's brought in a total of two hundred ninety three point nine, so two hundred ninety four million dollars in eight weeks. Uh, not great from Disney's standpoint there, especially considering the the insane success of things like Beauty and the Beast and Lion King. Sure. Uh, and then another disappointment here, and it's second week out, Joyride, that you've seen millions of trailers for. Uh, it brought in $2.5 million this past week for its grand total of $10.6 million in the box office. Uh, that R-rated comedy is not looking so great right now. Uh, and then four weeks out, coming in at number eight, No Hard Feelings brought in 3. But that was 3. an R-rated comedy as well. That one is, and it's it. I reviewed it on the show. Uh, $3.3 million. It brought in 46.6. I wonder if that's enough for it to make any money. Um, Yeah, I don't think it... It did get some international traction, so it's made $77 million worldwide. That's 
comedies usually don't cost much. Exactly. Yeah, I wonder if they got anything there. Uh, and then in its six weeks out uh, at number seven, Transformers: Rise of the Beast, three point four million, uh, one hundred fifty-two million at the box office. That one's actually available streaming already. You can rent it. Oh, at home and it's or still whatever. number seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you can watch that one at home. Uh, I wonder how. In the theater, though. Oh, it's yeah. definitely better in the theater. There's big visuals in that. Um, if you can get past the idea that Pete Davidson's in it, it is bearable. It's not bad. Uh, and then coming in at number six, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, uh, seven weeks out, brought in six million this last week. Its domestic take is three hundred and sixty-eight point eight million worldwide. It's made six hundred and sixty-three and a half million dollars. It'll be in the billion club, I bet. Yeah, yeah, but seven weeks out, that's not the kind of money they're used to seeing for these Spider-Man movies. Um, it'll 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 get there. Comic fatigue. It'll get there, but yeah, comic fatigue is very real. I think everybody's saving their comic book wad for Deadpool. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, and then coming in at number five, Elemental, uh, eight point seven million dollars, and it's five weeks out has brought it one hundred twenty five. However, overseas it's been killing it. Yeah, one hundred eighty seven point five international. It sprung it's back up. Yeah. Big totals three hundred thirteen. So that's probably enough for it to have a decent amount of yeah, profit. I was, I was reading that Disney was was surprised because they were starting to write it off as kind of a failure. And then, Disney does that with boom. movies like that one they put it on. It didn't Disney make a trillion Plus. dollars in one day. Oh gosh, I quit this movie. We didn't advertise. Turns out people love it. Take it off Disney Plus right now. Get rid of it. We don't want it. Garbage. Yeah. And then everyone's like, what about this movie that we found out we really liked? And they're like, we didn't advertise it. We don't care about it. It's gone. Uh, number four, Indiana Jones dropping from the second spot. $12 million. Uh, these are all rounded numbers right now, so I feel like these are still in their estimated stage. Uh, yeah, they are. Um, and it's three weeks out. has brought in $145 million in the U.S. It did crest $300 million with its international, which means... It's past its $295 million budget for filming. It still has to make up its advertising and uh, distribution and budgets. I, I, again, like I said earlier in the show, I think this is going to blow up on streaming, but I feel like it's going to ex- just dramatically drop off over the next couple of weeks because you've got Oppenheimer, you've got Barbie, and then the following weeks you've got... Um, Oh, geez, what is coming out? There's there's another movie uh, that's coming out. Well, while you're looking that up, talking about movies that are streaming at home, a lot of people have been watching Flash, apparently, just so they can see Nicolas Cage, um, Superman. Oh, of course. In, in it. And apparently they tweaked the graphics just a touch to put it in a better HD for the home release. Uh, so people are watching Flash just to see Nick Cage. Uh, but yeah, in the next two weeks, we've got Haunted Mansion and um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mm-hmm. coming out. So, uh, Okay. Uh, and then above Indiana Jones in the top three spots, we got Insidious dropping from its number one spot. $13 million. Uh, it has brought in 58 and it's two weeks, probably pretty good for a horror movie. Uh, and then climbing from number three to number two uh, with Jim Caviezel, since we talked about Jesus movies earlier. Speaking of Jesus. Yeah, talking about Jesus. Uh, Jesus himself, uh, Jim Caviezel. Sound of Freedom, $27 million, eighty-five and a half in two weeks. That movie is doing way better than what I thought it would. You know? It's... 85 million in huh. two weeks? I thought it did pretty good. It was really? Also, for a movie that had like. It was free on YouTube for like a week. Oh, really? Before oh. it came out in theater. Oh, God, so people were able to talk about it. These yeah, because it had like no advertisements. That was their ad budget, was just putting it on YouTube. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Hmm. 
Well, That's wild. There you go. There's also a. Sorry, are you done? No, we're letting. Yeah. I was just, just trying to say there's a fan um, film of Spider Man coming out on August 10th. Oh, yeah? Is My it. My friend is Spider Man. On, on YouTube? Uh huh. What's it I'm called? Um, Spider Man Lotus. Spider Man Lotus. Hmm. Coming out on YouTube. Wait, what's yeah. Spider Man? I am not sure. Is it is it Peter Parker? Is I it Ben Riley? I think it's Peter Parker. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then <laughs> going back into super big giant budget movies, taking the top spot, Mission Impossible. Uh, this weekend it brought in fifty six point two million dollars, but it's been out for five days officially with one day uh, for Walmart people only uh, that was what? out there. Actually, it's been out a week now. Yeah, it was released Monday. Tuesday. You watched it, it last. I watched it on Tuesday. Tuesday, okay. Yeah. So uh, it was available Sunday for Walmart only at one of our local theaters, uh, and then it's been in the theater for a week. Uh, Eighty-five million. Uh, Eighty million. 80, 80, Eighty million estimate. What we're looking at right now. I saw that it had taken in eighty-five earlier, but everything's in the estimated stage right now. Uh, but it has an estimated gross of 230 plus uh, worldwide. With, we have worldwide market, so uh, it's doing okay. It's probably going to take there, off. As but more everybody's people. going. It's not as great as what we thought. Uh, and it's like 230 million in uh, seven days. Like, where are we? Like, what the hell is going on? Where we look at something and go, it could have really done a lot better, you guys. I mean, well, again. This is exactly billions. what happened with Top Gun Maverick. It didn't look great at the beginning, and everyone's like, Top Gun Maverick, total failure. And then, like, the second or third weekend, it just hit Mach 10 and did not stop. Literally. Yeah. I'm trying to see. Let's, what was um, what was its opening? It opened at $126 million. Um, That was its its domestic opening. So, I mean, it, it's a big one. But then it went up to do $1.5 billion but you remember them saying that right they're yeah like, they're like well we thought it'd do a little bit better than that and yeah like i just well well and here's the crazy but thing as as everyone hears here's the crazy thing and inflation has not changed this drastically like of course inflation's a thing the original top gun opening weekend Eight million dollars. Eight. That's it. And you know, worldwide, only made three hundred and fifty million, which was a pretty good, pretty good run. And we're now discounting like, and, and this has built a billion dollar franchise, right, off of just a one fucking sequel here. And and because we at a, at a certain point in our timeline. We were able to see a movie that, yeah, okay, maybe it only made $8 million in its opening weekend, but people were like, that's a freaking good-ass movie, dude. And now people are like, it only made $10 billion? This fucking sucks, bro. I can't even believe it only made $250 million in its first three days. Get out of here. It's garbage. And then nobody else watches it. Like, what is what is wrong with our brains that we can't, like, stop and go, that's a good movie. How much money made? Who cares? Um, like, and then what's going to happen is look, look at how much money Last Starfighter made. 
Oh my God. Okay. Do we really want to know? Because it made like 10 bucks and then we're sitting here and we're like, yeah, hell yeah. Death Blossom. Everybody wants to make a, a, a Last Starfighter. It made $6 million in its opening weekend. And it made a total of $28 million. $28.7 million. But, that movie. but you know what? Last Starfighter fucks hard, dude. It's so good because Death Blossom is so badass. Well, let's talk about, I mean, if we're going to go there, The Goonies, $9 million opening, worldwide total theatrical gross, $64 million. That's it. Don't and, give Vince the ammo. And as Velvet Santa said on a Twitch, Wizard of Oz was a flop. And as Dina just pointed out, it's the corporate greed brain. And we have to stop this thinking of it has to make a billion dollars to be a good movie. No, it absolutely does not. That is not how we need to be judging things. That's how we only get fucking Chewies and Walmarts and Texas Roadhouses and Tin Roofs and, you know, uh, and then and, and, and Olive Garden buying, you know, uh, uh, Ruth's Chris's and like all of this insanity that is happening in our world right now. Um but Vince says, I think this goes against the show, but I think it was better when people knew less about the industry. Um, yes and no. Yes and no. I think it's – there is something about knowing too much about – like understanding the industry is different than I think hyper-celebrity obsession, right? We have more access to whether or not the guy playing Blue, uh, Blue Beetles a butthole or Ezra Miller <laughs> got arrested twice. Like, you know, we didn't know how many – people that 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 uh a lot of very famous actors probably did bad things to or how many drugs they did or how many awful things that they were involved we don't we don't need to know that and uh you know that's for the the authorities but now we're also obsessed and hyper obsessed with all this macro information and micro information that's going on that it affects the way that we 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 view these movies and how these movies are made and you know and then studios have figured out how to make money off all of this and uh, the, the, the Hollywood machine has always been predatory. Like, from its in inception, it's been predatory. That's why those laws in the 1930s were created to protect us from what's happening right now in streaming because streaming is a new frontier. Um, but anyway, that's a, that's a whole nother show, and we are already 15 minutes over time. But uh, Vince says, the people have spoken at the theater for the Goonies. Too late, Jake. Um, mwah, 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 mwah. Um, we did not know about box office and uh, equate money to quality. Yes, that is true. Like having access to box office data is relatively new. Uh, they used to print that shit in the paper. Do you, well, yeah, but you still had to like dig it up. It's not like you know you didn't have an app that was and and every single Twitter feed like going this just in uh, nobody paid to go see Indiana Jones so don't go see it either because you're an idiot if you go see it. Um, but Dina says, yeah, I'm more a person who likes data analysis of the movies, so she does both at the same time. Yeah, Dina on Twitch is a, she loves the loves the data. So, all right, guys, well, we are over time. We got to get out of here. Jake's got to get to work. I've got to turn the air conditioner on because I'm squet, squetty. Um, I don't, I mean, I, maybe, what is squetty? Like it's, it's, it's your sweat. It's but, making it. But with a Q. Squeak. Squeak. Uh, Vince dropping on Twitch. He's a Twitch mod. He says, catch the pre-show. It's free on Twitch. Continue the conversation on Discord. Like and subscribe. If you hit us up on Twitch, we appreciate the subs. It's the easiest way to uh, to directly vote with your dollar. Um, we don't see any money from Facebook or YouTube. We'll see 
a little bit of money um, on on Twitch. Uh, it's not much, trust me. Um, but uh, driveinspeakerbox.com. If you if you want to just listen to the audio of this, you can subscribe to wherever it is you subscribe to podcast to, or ask your smart speaker to play the Drive In Speaker Box podcast. You have to say it all all like that. Um, anyway, as always, I'm the Boom Operator. I'm the Grip, and we will see you guys next week. Or are you going to see Barbie or Oppenheimer? I'm going to find an Indian movie. Oh yeah, are you? Okay. I hope. Well, to. we will. Bollywood. <laughs> what? Oh, that's right. Shit, we're not going to be here next week. What? Jake's going to have a tablet show next week. I'm going to. We're going to be in New Orleans for Tales of the Cocktail. Yeah. You look so confused. There's a lot. Jake was just presented with a lot of information in a new overlay, um, all, at, all at one time. Um, yeah, we're gonna be in New Orleans for Tales of the Cocktail. It's a it's a cocktail convention that happens every year, and I'm taking uh, uh, most of my team down to New Orleans for the week. And uh, Jake will be here by his lonesome, and he's gonna have to have his tablet out and 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 doing doing Jake things uh, and talking to you about stuff and look at look at how nervous he is about it he didn't want to do it i gotta i gotta redo my entire apartment again <laughs> we gotta go through that whole like you only have the email and stuff we well, don't hey, have to get ready for me to not talk about either of the movies that you guys want us to because uh i i don't want to sit through barbie i've saw a lego movie i don't need it to have pink paint on it and uh Oppenheimer would put me to sleep, dog. I'm not gonna lie about it. Matt, but Matt you Damon like, looks you cool. like movies that are I like about history war stuff. stuff. Yeah, I like yeah. war stuff and history stuff. I like Christopher Nolan's super boring wow movies. <laughs> I do kind of agree. Like uh, his movies are way too wow. I watched uh, I watched that last war movie that Christopher Nolan made. It was okay. It was like two hours of people getting shot up. I I was like the British dudes on the beach yeah. and and Tom Hardy in a plane. Let me see if I can play that Christopher Nolan sound. Uh, the brown. Yeah, Dunkirk. That's yeah, I saw Dunkirk. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do this. We gotta get out of here. Anyhow, I'll find a cool Indian movie to entertain everyone with because I know how much you like that. Right on. All right, guys. Well, we will see you guys next week. Oh, I don't even watch that many Bollywood movies. What bro. are you? What are you talking about? You watch all of them? No, nah, dude. I watch more Tamil movies than anything. Okay. All I right. I rarely watch Canada movies. So we will be back in two weeks. Uh, not this Monday, but the next Monday. So uh, maybe maybe I'll do a little live from New Orleans, and and we'll. I don't know. I don't know. I have a I have a smartphone. Everything okay. will be purple and green and gold, and and you'll hear boom, 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 and there'll be flirtelies everywhere. It'll be saints go marching Marcia, and flirtelies. Yeah, I, I was about and, to say, was that the saints go marching in? Yeah, it was starting. So just be so stereotypically Nolans. You know, um, speaking of, you and know, you'll say it like that. You'll say, "We hear Nolans. <laughs> we hear Nolans. and you'll have beignets, and your face will just be Dusty. covered in. <laughs> It'll just be beignet sugar. But no, my first experience with When the Saints Go Marching In was actually from an episode of The Real Ghostbusters when they were in New Orleans and there was a phantom jazz band that would walk down the streets uh, and they had to bust them, but they didn't want to bust them because they were kind of like, alone. they were just like playing and they would play When the Saints Go Marching In and they go down the street and they're all ghosts. And that's where I first learned that song. How many 
interview with the vampire locations are you going to make everyone go to? I've already been to several, um, but I, you know. Uh, oh, this is where Lestat did the thing. Mm-hmm. This is where Antonio Banderas did the thing. So last time I was there, there was a lot of a lot of locations uh, for the new the the AMC show, and I and and you could see where they they had filmed, and uh, it was pretty cool because uh, I mean, w- walking the streets of uh, of the French Quarter is literally like walking back in time it's if you've never been it's it's weird it is just surreal because you can you could like kind of close your eyes and open them and and ignore all the shitty tourists and just imagine people in like dumbass wigs and powdered french like makeup and grab a beignet yeah and just going oh um and just pounding a muffaletta and um I yeah. don't know what pounding a muffaletta. We're we're so gonna welcome be, to the adult yeah, version yeah. of the show. We're gonna be pounding muffs on Bourbon Street. Wow. And it's, um, Can I go? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we will see you guys next week. Thanks for uh, tuning in. Always like and subscribe. Um, <laughs> this is scene from Jeff. Yes. Um, you don't know where all this powdered sugar came from. But, um, all right, guys. Well, we're going to get out of here. Like and subscribe. I'm always the boom operator. I'm the grip. See you next week. As you leave the theater, folks, please be careful. Don't let this happen to your car. Be sure to remove the speaker before you leave. If you should accidentally pull a speaker loose, please turn it in at our snack bar or box office. Thank you.